I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 130, Psalm 130, which says, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy. And with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Now, when we look at this psalm, we are looking, of course, at these songs of degrees. We're stepping up. And if we go back and we look at Psalm 129, many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. Now we come and the psalmist now becomes uh, very personal. Back to I, out of the depths have I cried unto thee. The psalmist now comes and realizes that there, as a lot of times, the afflictions and things that occurred, occurred because they just hated the Jews. A lot of times, it was because God allowed those that hated the Jews to take them because of the fact that Israel was being chastened by the Lord. And he sent his prophets to warn them so that they would get right, but they just wouldn't do it. And what we find here is in these... uh, different psalms we, we find these trilogies we showed you where there's trouble there's trust and there's triumph and we see here you know uh, again the this pattern of the trouble trust and triumph we see that this is where the he's going to trust the Lord now he starts out though not so hot but he ends up with I wait for the Lord he ends up with there's forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared, and let Israel hope. So we're going to see the faith and the trust. But we're going to look at his personal experience here. And what we see is the psalmist is depressed. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee. The idea of that is he's in deep water over his head, and he's drowning. I mean, he is not making it. He's crying out. He's, he's got a serious situation here, and uh, it's getting to him. And so out of the depths, he has called to the Lord. 
and he is crying out because of his condition. Now, my friend, you know, we need to be able to remind ourselves over and over again what we can and can't do in the Lord. And there are some wonderful things that we can do in the Lord. In the lowest places of our lives, in the deepest, darkest place, in the depths of the sea, in the deep of persecution, affliction, troubles, you can turn to the Lord for help any place, any time, because he is, as we've said multiple times, a very present help in time of need. He is in our present situation. He is with you right now. And he is crying out to the Lord. And when it says, have I cried? Uh, the idea of that word is to uh, proclaim, to summon to declare, I, I'm, come here, Lord, come here, I need you, help, come here, Lord, I'm, I'm drowning, and, and I need you to come here, and I need help, get here, and aren't you glad that we can go boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, aren't you glad that we have that throne room experience where we can come and say, God, I am in trouble, I'm in the depths of the deepest sea, help, Summon you, Lord. I need you. Come quick. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts towards the very end in chapter number 27 when it was determined that he would sail into Italy. Then they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustus band, and entering into a ship of Adramiathum, they launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia. Now, as this adventure is going on, Paul has something that he has said. And verse 9 says, Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. So they had a problem because the problem was, there was a wind. It was not allowing them to sail the way they wanted to go. And so he said, I've got this from the Lord, and I'm admonishing you. And he said, there's going to be much problems here. But the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence, if by any means they might attain unto Phoenice and there to winter, which is a haven at Crete, and lieth toward the south, west, and northwest. Now, when the soft, our south wind blew softly, supposing, listen to that, see, man thinks they got it all under control without God. Paul says, hey, listen, you better watch out. It's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But... Not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. Okay, we're talking now about a storm in the east that is of great magnitude. A tempestuous storm that occurs on the Mediterranean Sea, and it blows from all different points. And the violence of it is uncertain, and the course of it is uncertain. So it is a very horrible storm. 
And when the ship was caught and could not bear up to the wind, we let her drive. And it goes on and talks about all the things that they did. And now they get to the third day, and they're casting out the tackling of the ship. And they're just going on. And Paul has been kind of just sitting by in the midst of them, kind of watching this whole thing. But finally, he speaks up in verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. That's kind of an interesting way of saying, I told you so. <laughs> I told you it was going to be like this. But listen to what Paul does. And I believe this is all because he's on the ship. Because God's going to take care of his man to get him where he needs to be. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Yep, the ship's not going to make it. Just like I said, there's going to be a lot of loss in that. But there's not one life. Now, you know why I know that? Verse 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, because God has a plan. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. I believe what God said. I have faith in who he is. I've traveled with him a long time. And I know when he speaks, I listen and heed. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. And so he gives them that and tells them, look, this is the way it's going to be. And when it's all said and done, do you know what happens? They make it to land, all of them, and end up on that island. Yes, sir. Out of the depths have I cried unto the Lord. Paul was in touch with God. Paul got a word from God. Paul then told them the word from God. They did not believe it. And then he told them after long absence, I, you should have listened. Now let me tell you what God further said. No man is going to die because the angel stood by me and I've got a purpose. God has something he needs for me to do. I'm reminded over in the book of Isaiah, one of the great, great passages of scripture. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. And if you remember in this chapter, I read that let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, Psalm 130, verse number 7, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Yep, Isaiah 43, he said, I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine, Isaiah 43, 2, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee, when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. He even says in verse 4, Since thou was precious in my sight, and thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee, therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried. Come here, Lord. 
summon you. I need help. I'm drowning. I'll be there. The waters won't overflow you. I'll be with you. I'll be right next to you. Here I am. Then he psalmist comes along and he says in verse number two, Lord, hear my voice. It's uh, it's kind of interesting because he he says in the first verse, out of the depths of I cried unto thee, Lord, all capital letters. But then in verse two, Lord, hear my voice. And we're looking here now at literally my Lord, my master, my supreme authority, the one who's over me. Hear my voice. If you've been with us over this time of Psalm 119 and now the study of the Psalm of a Psalms of Ascent, uh, what do you think this is? It is a command. It's in the imperative. It's I've got to have this, Lord, and I'm just saying, come here. I hear my voice. Hear me. Hear me. Please hear me. It's a. It's not a command of do what I say. It's a command of I need it now. Come here. I gotta have this. It's coming from a heart of I. I'm commanding this from the point of you said I could come to you, and I need you right now. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. The ears be attentive. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, hey, listen to me. Lean your ear in. Be responsive. You ever talk to somebody and they're looking all around and for the time that you're looking and watching them and their facial and their body language, you get the idea they're not really listening to you at all. And you just kind of want to scream, well, somebody listen to me, please. I need help. Will somebody please listen to me? Well, the psalmist here is begging God to get his ears right in tune with the voice that he is saying, hear my voice and be attentive to the voice of my supplications. I am pouring out my request. Would you please pick up the ears and lean in and be very responsive to me? I need to hear from you. Boy, I'll tell you what. A lot of people tell God to do what they want him to and think that's a good thing. But when you go and tell God that you want him to do what he promised to do, what the word says, when he says we can come boldly before the throne of grace and we can obtain that mercy and find that grace to help in time of need, we need to take him up on that and say, Lord, your, your word says and I'm coming and I need this and I want you to be attentive because I really want what you want. I really want to be right with you. I really want to pray in the will of God. I really want to pray in Jesus' name. I really want to pray in such a way that I get the very mind of God. I need you. I want you near. I want you leaning in. And I'm so glad because of his great power and omnipresence, he can lean in to every individual child that has been born into the family of God at the same time and give them undivided individual attention because he is God and above him. There is none else. Mercy. Thank you, Lord. And we see here the the psalmist is depressed. But then we see the psalmist has some issues. We see here, he says, Lord, if thou shouldest mark iniquities, who shall stand? If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, observe, if you would kind of guard and watch over the iniquities and just keep it always there, boy, that would be a, a bad deal, wouldn't it? 
Who will be able to stand if you always keep track of every sin we've ever done? That would be a horrible place. But I want you to see something that's very interesting. He says here, but there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Again, we can be afraid of him because of our sin, but we can get right with him because of forgiveness, and we can stand in an incredible fear of reverence and awe of who he is. I'm glad that we have that. Listen, there is forgiveness of sins. Aren't you glad for that? You remember uh, there was a bunch of prayers going on between two people. One was a highfalutin prayer, and the other prayer was short to the point. It was a parable that the Lord spoke. And in Luke 18 and verse 9, he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves. Did you get that? They trusted in themselves, not in Christ, that they were righteous and they despised others. Yeah, okay. And he said to them this parable, two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, ooh, hey, yeah, he's righteous and despises others, doesn't he? And the other was a publican. They were despised. <laughs> They were actually despised, the publicans. They weren't looked at as being favorable at all. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. So he's just praying to himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. They're extortioners and unjust and adulterers and even as this publican. Points, you know, in his prayer, he's being so cocky. And, you know, I don't do any of these bad things and even this public and who takes people's taxes and then pilfer some for himself my goodness he said i fast twice in the week i give tithes of all that i possess i i i i i i i and then we just kind of fast forward to the publican and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm. God, show mercy to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Well, the very next chapter, Luke 19, talks about a tax collector who was so short that he had to climb up into a sycamore tree. And Jesus said, make haste and come down, because I'm coming to your house. And boy, he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Hallelujah. <laughs> and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. He said, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what the law says. I'm going to take care of it. I've gotten to get to know you. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to become the kind of Christian I'm supposed to be. And Jesus said to them, this day is salvation. Come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. We see there is forgiveness. But my Bible says in Ephesians 2, 4, But God was rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us. And I'm glad that he does. And he says, Remember not the sins of my youth, 
nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for the goodness sake, O Lord. Psalm 25, verse 7. Then the psalmist comes and takes another step forward, and we see that he has got a determination. I wait for the Lord. We see there is a patience about him. The word wait, you remember what it means? It means to have a confidence, a waiting, a patient waiting, a confident expectation of that which is to come. And so he says, I'm waiting for the Lord. I'm waiting for Jesus. L capital O capital R capital D. My soul, the very being of who I am, doth wait. And on his word do I hope. Again, we see the confident expectation, the patient waiting. We see there that there's two different words used here. One is to have a expectation of the, the, the waiting to, to look for, and the other to have a confidence and a total uh, expectation of. And he said, in I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm, a, I, I, I'm patient, and I have this expectation, and I'm hoping, because of your word, I'm hoping, I've got that expectation and assurance, my soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. He said here twice, it's to those who have kind of had to watch through the night and they're waiting for money to come so they can go home and have somebody else come take the watch. He said, I'm waiting for the Lord more than they that have the night shift and are waiting for the morning so they can go home. You know, sometimes on night shift, you're so tired, you're ready to get out and go home because it's an odd time to work. And there's a lot of things, folks, that we're waiting for. There's a lot of things that we have waited for, trials that we're going through. We're waiting for the end. And we get through them. We're, we're excited. Then we end up going into another one. And we wait for the end. We hope we'll get what we're supposed to get out of it. But there's another wait that we've been waiting for. all. I've been waiting for it all my Christian life. I didn't know about it till I got saved. I've been waiting for the soon return of the Lord Jesus who told uh, John in the, in the Revelation, Surely I come quickly. Even so, come Lord Jesus. I see here the hope. And the psalmist says, I have got that. I am waiting. I am waiting more than those who have the watch and can't wait for someone to relieve them. But then he turns it from just him, and he says, because I've gotten this, I've seen this depression that I've been in. I've seen this iniquities that I found myself in, but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. There is this with you that is so awesome. Now, because of my soul waiting, let Israel also hope, trust, expect, have full assurance in the Lord. Let Israel have that because there's a reason. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, deliverance. God is able with plenteousness to purchase and redeem Israel from all his iniquities. He shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. It means to ransom. It means to ransom. Thank God the ransom has been paid. You know, when you think about that, what do you think about? You think about Calvary. You think about what Christ did on the cross. 
You think about the forgiveness when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know that at the cross, he took our sins and our iniquities and he said, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. He said in Hebrews chapter 8, verse number 12, For I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In Psalm 103, 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. He said in Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Jeremiah 31, 34, And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Talking about Israel in the regathering days of the millennium. From the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. I'm glad God has taken that and said, I will take care of you. I have mercies, and I'm glad I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Psalm 89 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. There is the great mercy of God. You can trust Him, you can be assured of Him, you can wait for Him, being confident that the one who you believe in is going to take care of you all the way to the time that you make it home. Paul even said that in the book of Philippians, verse 1, or verse 6 of chapter 1, being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We find ourselves in a place of mercy and a place where we have been redeemed. I'm glad Christ went to Calvary and redeemed me. Therefore, I put my eyes on Jesus, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm glad that there is an appointment day coming. It's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. But I will be with the Lord. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the Lord, my, the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. The psalmist ends with a great joy for Israel. Trust, hope, expectation, assurance. The Lord is there. His mercy is there. He has plenteous redemption. He shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And I read where that will happen in the millennium. And you and I, listen, you can have a confident expectation in the Lord and assurance that what he said he will do, he will do. You call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. There is mercy. There's plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem you if you call upon his name immediately and your sins will be taken care of immediately at that point. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. And thank you, Lord, for your redemption and forgiveness of my sins. May we all know the joy of knowing the Lord and then walking the walk with you so that we can then call upon you even when we're in the deep. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have a great yes, week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I
been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton, you can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.